0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Stand Up Tragedy special. I'm Bryony, the podcast producer, and this podcast episode is going to bring you all of some of the extra bits from Tragic Love in February. On the 13th of Feb, the day before Valentine's Day, Stand Up Tragedy invited everyone along to the Dog Star in Brixton to share in the ups and downs of love with our performers. Acts including Lucy Ayrton, Superbad, David Lee Morgan, Charlie Harrison, Paula Vayak, Debris Stevenson with Emily Franklin and Sarah Pascoe stood up on the stand-up tragedy stage. As usual, our host and creator, Dave, started the night in his own unique way, this time with a reimagining of Rihanna's diamonds. I'm not going to say any more. Let's have a listen.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, What we do here is we have catharsis, so there may be sad things, there may be tears, there may be, hopefully there'll be laughs as well, and hopefully there'll be thoughts that are are, are provoked by what happens, but uh, prepare yourself tonight for the idea that things may be tragic, but the whole point of tragedy originally was for people to come together and communally share um, ideas about sadness and uh, tragedy and falling and, and tragic flaws and all of those kind of things so that they could communally sort of work those issues through so that's what we're doing tonight communally working our issues through uh, and uh i'm gonna start that um by um well first of all, yeah first of all i should say tragic love is a theme that's throughout the arts uh, it's the obsession of songwriters and poets playwrights and children's authors comedians and reality tv shows soap operas and punch and judy shows and uh That's the kind of variety that we like to embrace. Um, Now, I'm gonna be getting out my my own uh, tragic love issues for this first kind of piece, I guess. I don't normally do spoken words, so I don't really know how to describe it, but that's what I'm gonna do today. Uh, So I'm gonna be talking about the song Diamonds by Rihanna and how I think it's a really, really sad song. Uh, And I'm gonna explain that to you through the medium of words. Uh, The song is by Sia, for Benny, Blasco and Stargate, but Rihanna, I think, brings it alive uh, with her amazing delivery. And I do genuinely love this song, right? So I don't want people to think this is parody. This is not parody. I love the song. This is how I truly think it... This is what I truly think it's about, really. Uh, It's what it's about to me, anyway. Um, So I'm one of those people who takes lyrics seriously, as you're just about to discover, uh, maybe too seriously, uh, so now I've got my excellent cue, which is, half. could you cue up that track? Shine bright like a diamond. Diamonds can't shine. They can only reflect the light from outside them. Find light in the beautiful sea. You can't have light in the sea, or at least the light inside the sea is very rare. Fire in the sea goes out. I choose to be happy. This is explicitly the tragedy of the song. She chooses to be happy and in that moment, and ignore the impossibility of their love ever functioning properly. She has a perfect moment, but it will never be recaptured. Would it have been better to have never had it at all? You and I, You and I, we're like diamonds in the sky. There are no diamonds in the sky. That means they're like an impossible thing. This love is based on fantasy and not on reality. You're a shooting star I see is a particularly sad line as it means that he is so very far away, visible but impossibly distant. He will disappear soon in a flash. A vision of ecstasy. The love they are feeling is heightened because they are on the drug ecstasy, otherwise known as Molly as will be later said in the song. It is based on real feelings. The love they have is real. They do connect, but they are only seeing the brightest parts of it. All the darkness is obscured. They are idealizing themselves and each other. And so it's even sadder when she says that she only really feels alive when he's holding her. She only feels alive in the arms of an impossible love. And then she repeats, we're like diamonds in the sky. They're like something that is not real. There there are no diamonds in the sky. There are stars. They sometimes look like diamonds. Maybe she is thinking of the stars. I knew that we'd become one right away. The thing is, we can't ever become one. Two humans will remain two humans no matter how hard they press against each other. We are always still trapped inside our own minds. Oh, right away. She wants to lose herself quickly. I think I could understand that. To want to disappear completely. But you never really can. At first sight, I felt the energy of the sun rays. And that's the thing. Stars look like diamonds in the sky, but stars are suns. And if you close your eyes, You are nowhere near the sun. You can't even look directly into the sun, but you can feel it. I saw the life inside your eyes. She saw the life inside his eyes, past tense. And whose life did she see? His, her own, a dream of a life she wishes she could live. We're like diamonds in the sky. We're an impossible thing. We are like diamonds in the sky. We are an impossible thing. We are like diamonds in the sky. We are an impossible thing. We are like diamonds in the sky. We are an impossible thing. We are like diamonds in the sky. We are an impossible thing.
0: bizarre but I really really loved it. As usual at Stand Up Tragedy we like to take the audience on a journey through lots of different moods. One minute they're laughing, the next they're in kind of a somber silence. This happened when David Lee Morgan performed his poetry right after Sarah Pascoe's comedy. David told me a great story before the show about how love influenced his poems.
2: Usually I can't write about people when I'm in love with them. I write good heartbreak poetry, but the last person I was in love with, uh, who was also the first person I was in love with, when we got back together, I wrote an entire volume of love poetry. The first time that it didn't all sound cheesy to me. Most of it sounded pretty good. I used to work at the post office on what they called ZMT machines, where they'd send 60 letters a minute past you, And you had to read the address and type in where it was going. And so that you wouldn't go insane they let you pipe in music. Among others, there was a white rock station and a black soul station. And what I noticed is that country rock and, and white rock, 80% of their songs, 90% were my baby broke my heart, she tore it into," uh, flushed it down the toilet, and now I feel like I'm utterly worthless, but I'm not really worth pushing the chain. Uh, and about 80% of the black radio station songs are I love you, you love me. Let's get it on, we're gonna have a great time. And I always thought, I'd like to be more like that, second, like the black radio stations who write songs like that. But until this last time with my girlfriend, I've always been more of a country white rock kind of love poem guy.
0: There's loads of variety in performance poetry, and we were lucky to be joined by Debris Stevenson and her friend singer-guitarist Emily Franklin. They'd set some of Debris poems to music, and here's their list of commandments on how to be a woman.
3: This is Emily. She's um, uh, my pet bear. Um, uh, and so we're going to do a piece first. If I sit on the floor, can you all see me? Just checking first. So um, people tell you to do a lot of things. The media, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mum, your dad. Can you all do this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone who can't do it is like, Woo, yeah, go version of. Click- this is also fine. I have a very light, loud microphone. So you understand? Again with the clicking? Woo! Well done. We also accept the BSL version of applause. Which is this. That is also fine. Did you want to add anything, Emily? She's ready. She's ready, bruv. <laughs> Cutting your nails gives you worms. That lining up for the swings when you're older than 13 makes you a chav, a drunk, or a paedophile. Don't eat anything you find in your belly button. Don't talk to the big boys bobbing by the monkey bars on Mondays.
4: Let me write down this command
3: There's a 5% chance that my head's made from the Bible, or a secondary school, or a public pool, that you think too much, and you can't be white because your hips and feet discuss late into the dance of night, late into the dance that's right, late into the dance that might. marry him. Your toes look like grubs. Never be safe. Sometimes be safe. Always be safe. Your heart is a sack of juggling balls.
4: Never try your cuz on the hydrogen <laughs> heat,
3: <laughs> They will burn like newspaper. Their smoke will sell so high and translucent as these commandments you have been told.
4: Let me write down his commandments
0: now. Let me write down (laughs) his (laughs) commandments. they would come all the way from Nottingham to be there that night, so if anyone is ever in that area, see some of the live art scene that they're part of up there. Follow or get in touch with Debris using her blog Debris Stevenson, that's D-E-B-R-I-S-S-T-E-B-E-N-S-O-N.co.uk. Time for another snippet from behind the scenes. Lucy Ayrton has always brought brilliant new poetry to Stand Up Tragedy and she did it again for Tragic Love. You can hear some of that on our other podcast episodes from that night on our SoundCloud, Twitter and iTunes. I spoke with Lucy about her own secret to love before she went on stage.
4: Stand Up Tragedy
5: My success in love um, is algorithm based. I met my boyfriend on OkCupid two years ago, um, two years and like three weeks and um, yeah I, I filled out a lot of questions and I did a lot of like jiggling with my um, like settings so you can you can filter people on OkCupid by what they answer to questions so you can ask them who they vote for and filter them based on the answer which is wicked and you can also ask them, my favourite filtering question is do you think contraception is morally wrong? And you can just take everyone who said yes to that and just hide them. Yeah. So it's really good. Um, yeah, I went on four dates within like a working week and the fourth one was Paul. And my ex-boyfriend who I'd just broken up with um, did the same thing and he has a nice girlfriend as well. Her name is Kirsty. Basically my secret to love is algorithm. Since I-, I think once you leave university, you can stop relying on meeting loads and loads of people the same age as you who are into exactly the same stuff as you. Um, and yeah, I... Uh, I think it's lost its, I think it's really lost its stigma. So I remember being um, a bit younger and being like, oh God, internet dating, that's the last, like the last stop. Um, But actually I know loads of people who have met like long-term lovely partners. You know, I'd just come out of a really long relationship and I was like, ah, single girl time, like, Loads and loads of dates. Dating all the time. Lots and lots of funny stories to tell my friends. Um, but, yeah, no, no funny stories to tell my friends. Um, yeah, and, like, two years on, we just bought a house together. Um, we're really happy. We're really interested in, like, gardening and sofas. I'm doing three poems, and they come at different places on the love spectrum. My spectrum of love is only, three, only has three nodes on it, so it's not really a spectrum. Um, they are hate, horrible love, and nice love.
0: One act that I unfortunately didn't get a chance to chat with because she had to rush off to another gig was Paula Vajak. I first met Paula when she was doing her brilliant show last year in the room above us at the Edinburgh Fringe, so it was great to see her again, and she was closing the show for us. So this is how Tragic Love came to an end.
6: It's not terribly romantic to say this. What it comes down to is this. You're the closed door that I handle, or the kind of fucked up that I understand. You're a particular kind of flirting. Your dreams I keep having but don't bother interpreting. You're a number that I keep deleting, only I always remember. You're the morning after that comes attached with breakfast and sex. You're well-intended afterwards. You're the one who's always saying, we should just stop. You're... You're that phone call I can't help but pick up. You're an idea that I'm constantly toying with. You're a distraction I'm better off without. You wasted my time, but I have kind of complicated yours, and you make me me more hopeless and romantic, but what it comes down to is this. You're the kind of fucked up that I understand. You're kryptonite to logic. You make Superman Clark Kent. You make the ordinary extraordinary, and then you take it all away again. You're the one who keeps saying no, only I keep hearing yes. You're deluded by this insane idea that we could ever just hang out and be friends. You're best avoided, and yet, You're this idea that I'm constantly toying with And like that woozy feeling I get when I drink too much I've overdosed with obsessing over you You've wasted my time But then I have complicated yours And though you make me more hopeless and romantic Well, baby We're the kind of fucked up I understand And now I'm going to tell you a story With a silly title It is called Space Odyssey, to the bunker with no buzzer. The first time I walked up to the bunker and saw no buzzer, I entered and thought, this must be world's smallest room. But then, he didn't have much, so there was definitely room for us to move, but it did seem no matter how we passed, well, we kind of kept... Touching. I mean, it wasn't intentional. Most definitely accidental, but arms and shoulders brushed. Size each other up, flirting with, I don't know, more intimate contact. This was a protected space. Scorpion's tails crossed at the gate. And there we spent. This full-on, full day. And the evening aftermath, I complained that... Bars in London don't stay open late enough. Bought myself a flask of Jack Daniels at the corner shop as consolation. We came back and nothing really happened. Well, there was a lot of talking, mainly about relationships. And then we traded notebooks, teasing about hieroglyphics, masquerading as handwriting. Nothing happened but that Rome, was charged with something. Months later, I walk up to that same unmarked Graham Road gray door and I run up the stairs, enter and think, this is still world's smallest room. But on this day, it amazed how we navigated the space so there was never any touching. There was barely room for our egos and our alter egos, the lives we lived outside preoccupied by the thoughts of, and there was no talk of bar closing times because I was gone long before leave me to run and catch a bus and then center my mind on space the space we occupy or the space we choose to share the space i reveal to total strangers and then hide from those i love and know the space two flights up from an unmarked gray door the safe haven for a poet and the space he fills, the space between our meetings, the space underneath what is said and what lies unspoken, guarded by scorpions, tails crossed at the gate. Thanks.
0: of our regular performers with us for the valentine's day special and i thought it would be fun to play a little bit of that classic 90s matchmaking dating game That's right, we played Blind Date. I took the role of Scylla and set up some of our actors contestants by asking them some real questions from the show. Here's our very own stand-up tragedy, Tragic Blind Date, then, with Charlie Harrison, Debris Emily, and Lucy Ayrton.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Blind
4: Date, and here is your host, Miss Cilla
5: Blind. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da, da-da. da 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 I don't know how it ends. Da-da-da-da-da-da. da 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 Ooh! Turns out I do remember the theme tune that Blind Date really well.
4: So, contestant
5: number one, what's your name and where do you come uh, my name is Lucy, I um, come from the north and now I live in Oxford. And where, what do you perform? What do I what do slash perform? Um, I, I perform spoken word things, um, normally about feminism, often to do with fairy tales or magic. Um, and I also write long fiction. My first question, perhaps it's because of my name, but my favourite book is Alice in Wonderland which character in wonderland or through the looking glass would you be and why you know what i want to say that i would be merida but i wouldn't because i am a rule abider so i'm actually going to go for tiana um, from the princess and the frog and if you guys haven't seen it you should because it's actually really pretty good um, Because she is the only Disney princess. I can really think of who has a really strong focus on her career and like building um, For people who haven't seen the princess and the frog Tiana is a waitress But she really wants to own her own restaurant because she's an awesome awesome cook um, and she'd be good at it. And I'm good at cooking, and I'm also quite business-minded. And I used to work on a bacon van back when I lived in Hull, and that was the best job I ever had, hands down. Um, so I secretly think I could run a restaurant, and I want to be Tiana. My idea of a romantic evening is a night in with a video and a takeaway. If you were to choose both of them, what would you pick and why? Oh, um, OK, a film and a takeaway. Are we eating, we're eating and watching the same thing, right? because otherwise it's a pretty shit day okay (laughs) good. okay Um, okay so um, for the for the takeaway we're gonna have curry um, because we're hot Um, specifically we're gonna have butter chicken because it's frickin delicious and the film that we are watching is Kind Hearts and Coronets, because it's a really underrated Ealing comedy. In my opinion, the finest of the Ealing comedies, including the Centrinians films. And also, um, what I know about Love is it's really focused on being kind. Oh, Yay! Sensitive side. Sensitive. Okay. It's not a sensitive film, it's about a man who murders all of his relatives. Yay! <laughs> Just, to Just to clear that up. My mum always told me to beware of men that dye their hair. (coughs) What advice did your mum give you, and do you follow it? Actually, you know, my mum gave me some recent advice about dating um, when I started online dating, which was only exchange a bare minimum amount of messages to make sure they're not a robot, and then just meet them because you can't tell whether you fancy someone just from a picture. Which is actually really sensible advice. Also, um, marry rich. (laughs) (laughs) That was the core childhood advice.
0: Well I'm seduced. <laughs> Success. Yay. I keep on playing blind. Yay thank you. Okay then so let's start with, let's start over here. So contestant number two, what's your name and where do you come from?
3: I'm Debris and I come originally from East London but I now live in Nottingham.
0: Whey! And so, contestant number three, what's your name and where do you come from?
4: Hello, I'm Emily Franklin and I'm originally from Nottingham but currently
5: in Brighton. I hate men who think they're perfect. Give me a man with bad habits rather than an arrogant man any day. Before I pick you tonight, I want to know your bad habits. If I pick you, I'll tell you mine later. So what's your worst habits?
3: Yeah, I'd say that my worst habit is collecting beautiful gifts for my potential lovers. They always clutter up the house. That was awful. That was really genuinely <laughs> awful. we
0: <Get> into it. <laughs> Contestant number three, same question to you.
4: Well, my worst habit is I'm really obsessive over pleasing my lovers in the boudoir. <laughs> I, I don't stop until they're satisfied, and that can be a bit intimidating for some people, but hopefully not for you. <laughs> you
3: can tell which one of us is single. <laughs> I don't need to churn one up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um...
6: Right,
0: second question. My brother owns a florist shop and I often helped him out making deliveries of flowers, etc. Because of uh, this, receiving flowers doesn't have the same effect on me as it does with other girls. So, what unusual gift would you give me as a romantic gesture? That goes to number two.
4: Oh my goodness, I thought you weren't going to come for me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what being chosen first. Um, I would give you, well, I'm a painter, so uh, I would probably give you a beautiful portrait of myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Then <They're> props. <laughs> <laughs> that can just 2 I'll get you some tweezers because you sound pretty hairy. <laughs> <laughs> what? what the hell? Not that I don't like that. My name is Chas and I'm from Brixton. Chas is chalked for Charlie.
0: The craziest thing I ever did after a heated argument was to jump in a lake to cool off. What's the craziest thing you've ever done as a result of a row?
3: The craziest thing I've ever done after an yeah, argument you know. is the craziest thing is um, cartwheel. <laughs> 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 Sexy. <laughs>
5: Second question. When I was a child, I used to believe that putting my fingers in my ears and closing my eyes made me invisible. (laughs) (laughs) What imaginary powers do you wish you had, and how would you use them? I wish I
3: had the superpower of unlimited wishes, and then, like, you're just fucking sorted, aren't you? You just go, oh, what? Oh, shit, the bus is late. Oh, get another one. Oh, I'd want to be happy and in love and, and, and have the happy life ever after. Just wish for it. It's done. I want loads of money. Done. Easy. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know why people question this thing. It's, it's always, always unlimited wishes for superpowers for
0: me. My mum always told me to beware of men that dye their hair. <coughs> what advice did your mum give you and do you follow it? Um, my mum said never trust a
3: man who has too light eyebrows. His eyebrows are too light. Yeah, never trust a man whose eyes are too close together. So it's always about the eyes and trusting these things, yeah.
0: We had a really brilliant evening if you think all of this sounds like fun come along to our next live night we do them every month with a different theme and you can also get hold of our fanzine and loads of the other performer merchandise while you're there tickets are just five pounds in advance or seven pounds on the door and so on the march 21st we'll be at the hackney attic and you'll be seeing all of our tragic heroes that's the theme for march We're going to be having The Beta Males, MJ Hibbert, Lee Nelson, Dan Simpson, Siobhan Dodd, Worry Dolls, Michelle Madsen, Samantha Mann and Drunken Chorus all with us that night. Get all the information you need, don't just pay attention to me, and let us know that you're coming by going on our Facebook page or following us on Twitter, we're at Stand Up For Tragedy. So I'll be there with a microphone recording, Dave will be hosting and the rest of the Stand Up Tragedy team will be putting the show on. It's going to be brilliant. To wrap up this Tragic Love Stand Up Tragedy special, here's Super Bard, aka George, telling me the story of his recent proposal. Congratulations George!
7: Um, so I have been in love for a very long time now. It feels uh, very nice. I'm in fact getting getting um, married uh, in May uh, to my beautiful love, Nikki. So I'm. A horrendous planner. I like to try and try and plan everything and make sure it's all perfect. And also, like, given with the theatricality of it, I'm like, right, okay, what can I do that would be ridiculous? And I thought of all a whole load of really stupid, massive things. Like, could I do it in the middle of a theatre? Could I get up on stage, do it in front of thousands of people, and that sort of thing? And then I thought, actually, that was far more about me doing something ridiculous and wasn't really why i was proposing i was proposing because I, I love my now fiance so much um so instead what i decided to do is we'd go up the shard because we are both quite short and we like going up really high places uh, and it makes us feel you know feel good when we go up high places because we can look down on the world and go ha! Ah, now we are the winners and um, so we went up the shard but and i had and then the idea was we were going to go for a picnic afterwards uh, out near London Bridge. She was doing a play when we first met called Potter's Field. And there's a little park near Tower Bridge called Potter's Field. It's actually Potter's Fields, but it's close enough that it's good. And we were, I was going to go there and I was going to propose uh, in this lovely, lovely little park thing. And so I had a bottle of champagne in my bag. Uh, and well engagement ring engagement ring in my pocket and so the first thing when you go into the shard is that they've got these huge scanners uh, in terms of to make sure you know that you're not carrying a bomb or anything so I go through the scanner it beeps and I'm like you can't you can't you can't you can't you can't get get the ring out this is going to be horrendous but it's alright they weren't worried about that they were actually worried about the champagne in my bag um but similarly i didn't really want them to do that but yeah then they went through my bag got out the champagne just in case apparently you go up there and drink it when they want you to buy it from the restaurant or whatever uh so i went went up and then we kind of i was stupidly nervous at this point and so we after they'd confiscated my champagne we went round uh the shard in i think record time. I don't think anyone has gone round this tall building so fast uh, and whenever she was trying to hug me I kept trying to put her to the side so that she couldn't feel uh, the, the ring box in my, in my jacket pocket. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll just hug to the side. So she, I think she actually thought that I hated her throughout the evening. I was constantly trying to put her to my side rather than hugging her, rushing her through as if I wanted it all to be over. Um, and then, of course, when we got to the park, uh, it's in the UK so it started to rain um, but my thought is that I had an umbrella already in case that was the issue and um, so we sat on a little rug that I'd brought and I had we had the umbrella um, and I said and, and there's another surprise because these had all been building up for surprises on her birthday I said there's another surprise um, and got out the ring whilst we all sat down and she was like, oh, it was all very lovely and the rain was coming down it was all basically quite Richard Curtis and, uh, complete with slight Hugh Grant buffoonery and stuttering um, and not really saying the right thing as I proposed like I thought like it would be a nice speech that would just sort of come to me uh, but no, no there, was, there was none of that and so we, um, yeah, and now we're engaged we're getting married in the Battersea Arts Centre of all places